Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, I have somebody who is going to talk about something musical and historical, and I am extremely excited to learn more. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. I'm Alex Pasella, and I am an expert in Alexander Hamilton and that whole musical about him. Fantastic. My understanding of Alexander Hamilton is that the musical itself is pretty inaccurate in a lot of ways. First and foremost, they weren't rapping as often. There was about 30 to 40% less rapping, and most of it was in the form of dirty limericks. As I understand it, the Declaration of Independence was originally written as a series of limericks to a King George, basically making fun of him for taxes and being ugly and all of the and being short, I believe. But then in subsequent rewrites, they changed it around. And they also neglected a lot of stuff from Hamilton's personal life, such as his considerable amount of fan fiction and the correspondence he had with Benjamin Franklin about Louis XVI in France. I believe around the time of the revolution, Ben Franklin was the representative out to France. And to facilitate interest from the French people, he would wear a fur hat and they would, it would just all the rave because he was wearing this hat of the people of the frontiers in the Americas. But it was actually Alexander Hamilton that recommended that Benjamin Franklin wear this hat. As Alexander Hamilton, a lot of people don't know this, was very fashion forward. He was wanting the textile industry to be one of the founding businesses of the Americas and creating the idea of all of our clothing expanding out around the world. He wanted the Declaration of Independence to be a little bit different with the ideas of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and also culottes. He wanted people to, men and women, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, anything, to be able to wear culottes because he just thought that they were the best fashion of the time. Yeah, I've just realized I'm 36 and I still don't entirely know what a culotte is. A culotte, there are different interpretations of what a culotte is. Back okay. then, back then, it was basically pants that would go about at the knee. And in today's modern fashion, there are a couple different versions of them, but mostly like women's culottes, like what you would see on the Golden Girls. They have okay. a, that kind of blousey pant, kind of pantaloons, if that kind of gets the idea across. It, it does. Okay. He was also America's second prankster, this being Alexander Hamilton, following in the footsteps of Benjamin Franklin. They focus so much in the musical about his relationship with Washington that they completely ignore his the fact that he was the not the founding prankster of America but like carrying on that legacy of pranks for instance he convinced a member of the constitutional convention to put his hand on George Washington's shoulder and give him advice during it and George Washington gave this man a hard stare so profound that he quivered a lot Paddington and Paddington too. If you think about George Washington, it's just easier to think of Paddington, I think. Yes. And he also, this being Hamilton, convinced a Polish statesman to spread a story about how he was visited by ghosts in 1799, which mm -hmm. became the rave of the town. Less than 50 years later, A Christmas Carol was actually based on the experience and the story and how it had developed it just bounced around the world this story about hamilton and this polish statesman and some other person being visited by ghost in succession over the course of one night 
they developed that and took that and it inspired a Christmas Carol, which is a classic. It truly is. Yes. Yeah. Based on what you've heard so far about how much of that would you say was accurate? Probably more than you'd think. Okay. It was. Let's address him point by point. So first of all, he did not write fan fiction. He was a poet. I don't know how much he kept up with it in his later years, but he was big romantic softy in a lot of ways and wrote some poetry that has survived from when he was a kid. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah, the declaration was not made of limericks. There were many slanderous kind of articles that were written about from one politician to another, like under pseudonyms, that many of them did rhyme, and also many of them wildly racist. That's a thing. He he did have opinions about Louis the Sixteenth. Remember correctly, Louis the Sixteenth was the one that lost his head, and the French Revolution very much divided Washington's cabinet because Jefferson was all for it. And Hamilton was like, oh, law and order. He was big on freaking out if, if people started to organize, which is mm. one of the things that, as I, the thing about me and Hamilton is it inspired me to start learning about politics. And then I kind of outgrew it a little bit and I became further left than I think the, the show is itself and definitely the, the rural guy was. But so mm. he wrote all these articles about how what's going on in France is wrong and yes we need to address rights but the, you can't just behead the king he was a good man and it only increased Hamilton had this sort of not not fully accurate kind of accusation of being a monarchist and he definitely mm -hmm. wanted a strong executive and he definitely played nice with the idea of kings he was a there's a story about him giving a six-hour speech in in the constitutional convention where he said it was supposed to be secret but he said i something along the lines of i believe that the british system of government is the best in the world and everyone started whispering like yo we just fought a revolution and that's not good and so then people of course leaked that and he's like, it was supposed to be secret and that kind of followed him around forever he i don't know how close he was to benjamin franklin because benjamin franklin died the first year of washington's administration they definitely were chummy. There's a story at the, I think, same convention where Ben Franklin said, perhaps we should open with a prayer. And Hamilton said, we don't need foreign aid, which I thought was cute. That is very uh, cute. Yes. Hundreds jokes are either very problematic or, oh, that's adorable. He was very fashion forward. That's correct. He, not so much fur hats, but he was very fastidious. He was very into the making sure that his suits were all tailored and nice because he grew up relatively poor and then went through a war where he had to just live on army uniform rags and then he was very much into making sure that his hair was great. he had a hairdresser that would do his hair every morning and this of course only added to the whole cloud around him of oh look at this elitist he thinks he's better than all of us which on some level he did that is a problematic part of his politics was he was not a fan of people and definitely enamored with the idea of wealth and preserving it so that's again we wouldn't agree there but yeah very into fashion he very much did want textiles to become a big part of our industry to drive it. He was a big fan of trying to get English immigrants after the war into America so they could help start making manufacturing plants. And the Christmas Carol thing, not true, but all that ghost prank stuff is. And I really wish the Christmas Carol part were true. So we'll split yeah. the credit on that one. Okay, I love it. that ghost story. I love it so much. That's just a real thing that happened in America. I Yeah, I saw that and I was just like, this is... Yep. More of this, please. Why don't we yeah. get this? Yeah, and of course his enemies are, are gonna are like this close to printing. Alexander Hamilton confirms he has satanic powers, and he has to put out like this press release, basically like 
y'all, I was just trying to prank my family. Like, I don't see ghosts. Yeah, I like the fact that, going back to one of the first points there, the fact that he had the secret speech. I like how in today's society, we're still occasionally getting those leaks of the politicians accidentally saying what they actually think. And how that's just a pervasive thing in all of political history. My favorite of the recent past was, as much as I politically loathed Mick Mulvaney when he was in the Trump administration, I did appreciate that he would just say the quiet part out loud and everyone had to be like, ah, cut his mic! He was like, oh, Republicans don't care about the deficit. We just say that when we're not in power so we can build support. And they're like, ah! Yeah, you can't... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's I do, I, I, those moments were fun. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is refreshing. Somebody is yeah. being honest. In terms of the musical itself, are there things that I didn't mention that you feel are important for people to know about Hamilton that the musical doesn't go over? So the musical gets his personal life relatively correct. I'll get to what the musical leaves out. But first, just in terms of what the musical portrays, it's pretty accurate. It does take some liberties in that there's the whole plot unfolding of he has an affair and he gets accused of embezzling from the treasury to pay off the husband of the woman he was sleeping with and he to circumvent that puts out this pamphlet that says hey i didn't steal from the treasury i was just having an affair and he thought oh if i'm so brutally honest it'll kill the accusation because they'll go wow he's really not lying about that even though it does damage to his reputation he must really not be lying and of course it entirely backfired the musical then gives his wife a song about how she can never trust him again and then they reconcile and it's very sweet but we don't know really anything about what happened with them personally we do know that one of the men that confronted him about it to to force him into that corner uh was future president james monroe who then Eliza Hamilton for the rest of her very long life just hated him. So it may be a mistake I've read to put a modern context on how she would have reacted. She might have just entirely took his side, but we also just don't know because Hamilton wrote everything down compulsively and Eliza was a much more private person. So we don't know. And in terms of what it leaves out, it had to leave out some things that were just would have derailed the story, but are still insane. Like, He had a brother who he was on like, okay, terms with his dad left, which is mentioned in the first song. None of them really seems to keep that much in touch. They did a little bit after the dad left. They would still write letters and whatnot. And he kept in touch with his brother a bit. But they all didn't seem to have the most interest in each other. And one of the theories is so Hamilton had a best friend on the island that he grew up on, who was the son of a wealthy family friend who took when Hamilton's mother died and his the courts decided that because his parents were not married and that her ex-husband wanted the rights to her estate, I think is something like that. They were legally declared, he and his brother, ineligible to get any of the money that they would have been left. And they didn't have a lot. They were like middle class. The musical does exaggerate how poor he was. But for a minute, it was like, we're going to be out on the street. That family friend takes them in. Now, it's also been said that Hamilton and his best friend looked almost exactly alike. So the theory is they were actually half brothers. And that's like in the first 20 pages of the biography. And that's nowhere in the musical. And I understand because you would have to, in the middle of that first song where you're just laying out how tragic this guy's life is, 
it just it would have been too big a bomb to throw in there and it really doesn't really affect the plot much later so i get it it also as uh, representations of hamilton where they're trying to be heroic they will leave out a chunk of history where in the adams administration where hamilton was basically shadow president for a bit because john adams did not fire washington's cabinet when he gets in there and now all those guys had been working under hamilton hamilton had quit because he was going broke and he wanted to go back to his law practice and but all those those cabinet post guys there's only three of them cabinet was much smaller background they were taking advice from him so he's given them notes under washington washington then leaves adams isn't there they're still taking advice from hamilton and so john adams eventually sees is he's leaving once in a while to go back to his farm and the cabinet's running things. Hamilton is telling them what to do. And John Adams starts to realize Hamilton has infected my administration and they hate each other. And it ends mm-hmm. up with later when Hamilton runs the army for a minute, John Adams gets, he, he stops the quasi war with France. Okay. I'm getting like <laughs> so tangled in time. Oh yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Which I'm sure is allowed, but so, yeah. so the alien and sedition acts is happens and Adams ends up supporting it. John, uh, Hamilton doesn't support it right away, but eventually does, and very full-throatedly. And the uh, Alien and Sedition Acts is uh, there was an influx of French and Irish immigrants, and the idea was they're not going to be loyal to the country. They're going to revolt at any moment. And so we need to put a ban on saying anything bad about the government in print or just in, in public, and with like jail consequences and fines and stuff. And also, if you are an immigrant, if you do any of that stuff or you're suspected of sedition, you can be thrown out. It got a bit Trumpy there. And the reason why yeah. they were doing that was, A, they wanted extra government control. B, we were about to go, we were almost going to war with France. It was called the Quasi-War. That leads to Hamilton ran the army for a minute. John Adams is preparing, might have to send an army to France. And his cabinet goes, the only people that are, the only person that's going to be acceptable as a leader of this army for this not super popular war it's going to be george washington and you know that washington is too old to actually run the army he's who he's going to pick to be a second in command who's going to actually run the army it's hamilton so he's like so he doesn't want that hamilton's super pumped that he has an army gig again because the reynolds pamphlet had disgraced him a bit it didn't ruin him but it tarnished his reputation and he wanted that bump in in prestige again and then john adams secretly ends the war with a treaty Hamilton is so angry because he's basically taken his army away that he puts out this pamphlet that is just, it's 40 pages long. I've read it. It's Mm -hmm. rambling nonsense about how, here's how I used to like John Adams and I thought he was really smart. And then he started to act crazy and he started to do things that were irrational. He's basically almost describing his own behavior by accident. He doesn't Mm -hmm. realize it, but Adams and Hamilton kind of hate each other because they see each other in themselves. Um, and so puts out this big thing and it fucked John Adams. And he had meant to just send it around to some insiders so that they wouldn't electors, so that they wouldn't vote for Adams and that another guy on the Federalist ticket would have won. Someone leaks it. Hamilton realizes it's been leaked and goes, ah, put it out. He puts it out and everyone goes, oh my God, you're a lunatic. And it right. destroys his career. And Hamilton oh, wow. at this point, Hamilton at this point is so, he's not in the government anymore. He's got his law practice, but like he's got no, he's on the way to becoming like a political has-been. This clinches it because he did, the army was like the last post he had. And he 
Uh, he has become through overwork that the musical shows as being glamorizes a little bit, which is a little bit of a problematic element to the musical mm-hmm. that it looks makes overwork kind of look cool. But he and the musical shows him being irrational and ruining his career, too. But the book really shows you how much this dude through overwork and lack of sleep and probably some psychiatric illnesses just rots his own judgment, like to the point where he's doing things that are unhinged. And he is so divorced from reality at this point that he sees the reaction. And in his mind, it's positive. So he keeps, he's like telling his friend, they're going to write a follow-up. And they're like, don't, please. That's wild. I love (laughs) that it's like he was the, to some degree, it sounds like the celebrity that goes off the rails uh, of of his time. It's exactly that. If people wanted to find out more about you or find out more about Hamilton, where could they find out some more information? You can find more about me on my Twitter while it's still okay that we're on there at Mm -hmm. A-F-O-S-E-L-A or I'm on Instagram at at Alex Vasella. I also have a podcast called Broadway Baby where I learn about musicals every week. And if you want to learn more about Hamilton, you can start with the Ron Chernow biography that it's based on. But I would also recommend reading stuff that's more uh, where he shows up that's a little more leftist, like People's History of the United States, or uh, things like that can show that don't glamorize the Founding Fathers as much, because it's a really good read, that Chernow book. And it does show some warts and all stuff, but it does also leave out some things that I think other books are probably better at guiding you on. Absolutely fantastic. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt Splaining.